So welcome everyone to this episode of Skincare Confidential. I'm Dr. Patty Ferris and I'm joined today by Dr. Ted Lane, my co-host. Hi, uh, so excited to be here, Patty. We have with us today Miss Amber Edwards, who is the global head of Elastin, a Galderma company. Uh, Amber has been with Elastin in terms of their as, as their president since 2022. Prior to that, chief commercial officer. Uh, but prior to that, just a vast experience both in the aesthetic and, and pharma world, uh, including developing a, a novel aesthetic suspension suture uh, with a company called Sinclair Pharmaceuticals, as well as working in the dry eye franchise and, of course, the aesthetic franchise within Allergan. So just so much wonderful experience. And and we just could not be more lucky to have Amber with us. Again, the whole idea with Skincare Confidential is to give you an insider's viewpoint in the skincare industry. And what better way to do that than with, you know, the president of one of the fastest growing skincare companies, at least prestige skincare companies that we have in our space. So Amber, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Uh, what an honor. I was, I was really excited when I saw the announcement that you were going to be starting this podcast. I thought, I can't imagine a better duo to do something like this. And uh, yeah, thrilled that you've invited me on. So I'm looking forward to the conversation. Well, let's get started. You know, I, obviously, I just read part of your CV, but can you give us kind of your path to, to getting to the to, to point where you are? I mean, you've really kind of worked your way up and now you're the global head of, as I said, just one of the fastest growing skincare companies. Give us an idea of how this happened. Sure. Well, especially, you know, because I'm just so young with all the skincare products, it's it's been a time flies, but uh, no, it's been a really, my journey has been a really fun one. And as kind of a rule of thumb, I've always had this idea of never, never try to map out too carefully what your path is going to be. Because I think if you if you really try to map it out too much, you miss a lot of opportunities. And to be very honest, so much of my journey has been uh, opportunities that that came up that I never was even looking for, but I was ready, willing, and uh, you know always excited and passionate to try something new and take on a new challenge. So I joined the overall healthcare and pharmaceutical industry back in. Oh, wow. Uh, 1997. I'm going to age myself a little bit. Um, I was a sales rep for uh, Park Davis Pharmaceuticals, uh, working in the uh, diabetes, cardiovascular space, um, moved into women's healthcare and depression and anxiety, um, took on a number of different roles. That company was acquired by Pfizer. And I moved to New York City, which uh, kind of became my chosen home um, and my home base for, for many, many years. Uh, but worked in Pfizer in a variety of just sales training and marketing roles in uh, a number of different categories. Uh, but I think where things really shifted for me was back in 2004 when Allergan called. Uh, you know, Botox Cosmetic was still sort of in its um, early days. Uh, they were still, you know, trying to figure out how to uh, make consumers feel really good about this space in general, this whole medical aesthetic space. And I was asked to come on board and um, lead the marketing uh, team uh, and focusing really on the consumer side, which has always been a passion of mine is consumer marketing. And I do think so much of my journey also has been rooted in really trying to understand what consumers care about, Mm -hmm. uh, what their behaviors are, what they're looking for, and ultimately how to give them the the highest level of satisfaction possible. Uh, I was with uh, Allergan for many years, working across um, all of the different aesthetic products, part of many acquisitions. Mm-hmm, sure. And uh, my, my last sort of adventure with Allergan was heading up the international aesthetics business. I lived over in Europe uh, from 2015 to 18 and had the opportunity to launch products in 
a number of different markets such as China, Saudi Arabia. Um, really, really, you know, fantastic experience just to broaden my overall cultural um, sensibilities and, and understand the different rules and regulations in different markets. Uh, I left in 2018. And as you mentioned, um, I joined Sinclair Pharma, uh, really interesting uh, European um, medical aesthetics company that has a fantastic uh, line of products. They've you know, expanded greatly. But at that time, the only product that was um, approved in the U.S. was Silhouette InstaLift, mm -hmm. uh, which, uh, uh, as you mentioned, a, a thread, a suture. And I was brought on to be the president of North America to really establish Sinclair, um, Sinclair's presence here in the U.S. Um, that was a lot of fun and we had great plans and then COVID hit. Uh, so that was not part of the original plan and it kind of put a halt on some of our ambitions. But I was just incredibly lucky to get a call from uh, Diane Goostry um, at Elastin Skincare. I was, uh, had a couple of um, colleagues, former colleagues who were on the board of Elastin who recommended me uh, for the position of chief commercial officer. And uh, what a ride that's been. It's been a lot of fun. I was going to say, and the rest is history. What an incredible career. No glass ceiling for you. <laughs> you broke that a long time ago. Congratulations. It's a phenomenal story. Um, I think when we talk about Elastin as dermatologists, one of the things we think about first is the whole notion of post-procedure and peri-procedural. And they've really carved out a niche, I think, in the at least the, um, medical dispensing brands for that. And so I think our listeners would be interested to hear how all of that evolved and, and how that affects your strategic direction as well. Sure, absolutely. And it's, it's everything. It's what, uh, you know, we're really proud of having been pioneers in that space. Um, it's, and it comes down to our founders just being visionary. Uh, the founders of Elastin back in 2015 recognized that minimally invasive procedures continue to skyrocket, right? That's, that's what people want. Um, and although there were many skincare brands on the market, no skincare line had really seen that opportunity to partner with procedures and actually focus very specifically on how can topical medical grade skincare actually both prep the skin uh, in advance of a procedure, you know, really clean out the extracellular matrix to make sure that the skin is ready um, for the, the impending trauma that comes with a procedure, but then also post-procedure actually help the skin heal as quickly as possible. And uh, the founders recognized that opportunity uh, very quickly, brought on uh, just an unbelievable team of scientists. Uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Alan Woodrow, who I know you've met, yeah. I believe he spoke at uh, the spoke last conference. At our, our meeting, just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just feel privileged to be in his presence every day. He's just such an inspiration and always thinking of what's next and how do we just constantly improve. But you know, his entire background is in wound healing. Right. So what better specialist, yeah. right, to, to come on and actually think about essentially what's happening to the skin in a procedure is a wound. And so he, uh, you know, wanted to develop proprietary peptides to help actually uh, the skin learn how to heal itself faster. And then we brought on uh, an incredible team of formulators led by Dr. John, or John Garuto, who um, was well known uh, mm -hmm. by some other brands. He actually worked at Allergan legend. for many years. Yeah. A legend yeah. in the formulation yes. space. Absolutely. Absolute legendary when it comes to, you know, uh, cosmetic chemistry yeah. in general. So he, that duo of Alan and John, uh, they're behind everything we do. And to your point, Patty, you know, peri-procedure space is what we, what put us on the map. And we are always looking at what the newest procedures are. We, we try to stay very close to, uh, what new energy-based devices are coming out, what new injectables are right. coming out. 
And we quickly, you know, try to connect with those companies and say, let's do clinical studies together. Let's figure yeah. out, you know, what's our best product to help your procedure actually perform even better, uh, which is, you know, great for both the, the medical provider as well as for the patient. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. Patty, I'm just thinking about the what's going on right now in skincare with the heparin sulfate analog. People are really focusing on that dermal matrix, like Amber was just saying, and, and cleaning it out or augmenting it. So we've got the heparin sulfate analog that's available. Now we've got people coming out with these X exosomes, which are mainly protein derived, uh, protein platelet derived, um, again, for wound healing, right? That's platelets kind of arrive for wound healing. And so it makes sense that the exosome should be, you know, derived from the platelets, but it's all about the wound healing, Amber, like you said, and yes. I think that was probably one of the key insights early on in Elastin's um, evolution is we need to focus on wound healing here, but the wound, not the way that dermatologists usually think about wound healing in terms of an ulcer or whatever medical issue that we're dealing with. We're talking about wounds from cosmetic procedures that we need to heal. And I think that, that you know, honestly, just that insight has carried Elastin to the forefront of dermatology and so many now are trying to catch up. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, one of, one of your questions I'm sure is going to come up because it always does is what are the trends in skincare? And, you know, the big trend right now is peri procedure. And so we're, you know, we try to be a trendsetter, um, in that, in that notion and really lead the way in thinking about, okay, where, where is there a gap? You know, ultimately, where is there a gap in, um, in the toolbox that our providers, um, who we see as our partners and yeah. uh, how you're treating patients. Where is there a gap? How can we actually help you um, when it comes to all the other things that you're doing in your practice? So that's really the root of it. Yeah. And you know, now that I think about this uh, even more, Elastin was really the first to come out with a pre-procedure kit yes. as well, right? With the nectar and right. and just kind of really thinking about how do we prime the skin so that when that injury happens, the wound healing process is shortened and uh, we're able to get these patients back to their regular lives as well as obtain the best outcome from that procedure. Is, am I saying that correctly? Completely. It's all about reducing downtime, Yeah. right? Who has time to be, you know, hidden away <laughs> out, of, out of the world for a week or Nobody. two weeks and then, and then accelerating, you know, the results also. And in some cases with some of our products, even making the results even better, you know, really mm -hmm. maximizing those results too. If you look at, you know, everything started with Nectar, but if you look at uh, Transform, oh, um, you know, that we that started product. using that product, right? Love I mean, that, it's, that was, you know, for to no pun intended, but it was transformative, right? <laughs> it was, uh, it really was all about um, helping the results of, uh, cry, uh, you know, body, of body contour body products. And I'm going to just give a shout out to Enhance because that's another great product that was the brainchild of Elastin, which is an, paired with injectables. And there's, you know, there really isn't, I don't think, anything else in, um, in our therapeutic armamentarium that has that sort of technology to reduce bruising and swelling. And it's an awesome product. Absolutely. It's an awesome product. Yeah. So they, they have been on the very forefront of all of that. Definitely. Yeah. We love that product. Yeah. I'm um, just to jump in the enhance, you know, the science behind that product is unbelievable. It's kind of, if I'm, tell me if I'm wrong, Amber, but it's instigating macrophages to come in and really kind of take care of all the red blood cells that, that are present after uh, the procedure as, as well as the peptides to, to build up the dermal matrix and get those fibroblasts going. So it's, Unbelievable because every time, you know, we usually think about Arnica, but there's no data to support Arnica. Zero. Right. 
And so we really are stuck. Yeah. And that's at the, the root of everything for us is, is actually, you know, everything we do is about having the, the actual evidence to support it. Yeah. Um, and that's where, you know, we have this three-step process that we're incredibly proud of. And I, I would challenge anyone to find another skincare line that puts the amount of rigor in, but it starts with gene expression. Mm -hmm. So um, Alan, Dr. Widgerow runs, uh, he heads up the tissue engineering lab at UC Irvine, you know, in his spare time. Um, he has a side job at UC Irvine, also as a department head of um, the chief plastic surgeon. Um, but he, you know, in his spare time, he does everything in a lab first. He actually looks at gene expression to see how the different ingredients that we're considering actually interact with each other, what may upregulate, what may downregulate, how they actually interact with each other. Then we take that into histology. So it's then, you know, biopsies to see what's actually happening in the skin. And then we do actual clinical studies to see it in real life practice. And um, exactly, it's the science behind it. And I think with Enhance, it was a really unique concept, you know, going beyond Arnica, which is just kind of a, just mm -hmm. this accepted thing. And, you know, I think what we've been able to create with Enhance is a product that does speed up that process with the macrophages and, and just makes it all move along much faster. So when you look at patients, you know, who have had Enhance versus those who haven't, they just go through that entire bruising process yeah, much, much faster. Yeah. And they're completely healed much quicker. Yep. And there's data to support that. Mm -hmm. In fact, in you know, the, the trials yeah. that were done absolutely support that. Well, you know, as I think about the distribution channels for the Elastin line, you guys have really remained loyal to the physician office thus far. Do you feel like, you know, now with the, with the Galderma acquisition, do you see that changing in the near to, to midterm future, Amber, anything, any plans on, on going more mass or going online? Yeah, no, it's a great question. It's a question I get every single day. And, <laughs> by the doctors. Um, <laughs> by doctors, even by, you know, yeah, by everybody. Um, yeah. We are 100% committed to physicians. Uh, you know, my, my mission will always be anything that we consider doing strategically. My first question is, does this support our healthcare professionals? If it doesn't, I don't want to do it. Um, and even when we did decide to start to go online and build up an online presence, even then, it really was all about providing another income stream for our healthcare providers when COVID hit. Mm -hmm. That's when we started our real digital oh, efforts. Yeah. Prior to that, it was mostly just product information pages, but we quickly realized that with offices closed, we could actually, we, we immediately created 2,500 um, vanity URLs, very specific URLs that we sent out to all of our accounts and said, hey, if you put this on your website, even if your office is closed, your patients can now order their product they're automatically linked to you if they're coming through your URL and every purchase they make, not only the first purchase, but any purchase they make moving forward is going to be linked to you. You're going to get a commission for that purchase. Mm -hmm. So that's how our online efforts started. Um, and that really took off. We have uh, healthcare providers today who are, you know, have two to $300,000 in completely passive income um, coming into their practice just from these URLs. And we actually do all the fulfillment. You know, you don't even have to have the product in stock, yeah. you know, for that. We we fulfill it, we ship it. So I think that's just a great example of how we want to make sure we stay true. Now, um, we are pressured all the time um, to go on to other online retail stores. And we've said no to every single one. Um, the only ones that we do support are uh, our healthcare provider sites, right? Mm -hmm. So of course, through your own practice website, yeah. we want to support that. Um, but it's a challenge. Um, Amazon, I, I, uh, I was, I don't care who you are. Products are going to end up on Amazon <laughs> unless you are it. willing to put them in. <laughs> and 
We have three different law firms that we're working with, oh. um, going after every single Amazon reseller yeah. that we can figure out who they are. And we've won every lawsuit we've done so wow. far. But it's but it's whack a mole, you it know. You, you, yeah. you knock one out and two more exactly. pop up and Yeah, the whole anti-diversion thing is a huge problem for every company. It it's is. it's it a is. major it's, it's major problem. Sort of to switch gears. One of the big initiatives we're seeing with a lot of the companies is, of course, addressing patients with skin of color. So I'm curious yeah. how you guys are working in that arena and if you have any initiatives around that. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's absolutely key. And it's one of the many reasons, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about Galderma, but one of the big reasons I was so excited to join, have a last in join the Galderma portfolio is because all of these environmental and social and sustainability initiatives are for, you know, at the forefront for Galderma as a bigger company. Yeah. But, you know, the way, when I think about um, skin of color and, and diversity, I kind of think about it in three different ways. There's inclusion in marketing. So mm -hmm. that's imagery. Mm -hmm. It's the way we market products and making sure that consumers of all skin types feel um, completely included in, in how we're representing skincare. And I think several companies, including us, have uh, tried to make sure that we're, we're being, um, we have a, a great deal of diversity in the photography that we're using. Um, the second area that I think about is, and this is one that doesn't get any attention, but to me, it's probably the most important is when it comes to employment opportunities. Mm. Um, I am doing everything I possibly can to open up internship opportunities and try to reach communities who don't normally land. You know, we don't, when we recruit for a position, we get a lot of resumes from people who are not people, you know, skin of color because they don't have the experience. So I keep asking myself, how can I create opportunities to give more people experience yeah. so that they do become better qualified to be able to take on these positions? Perfect. And then the third piece is the, the kind of the more obvious one, which is what are we doing with our products? And we are, um, you know, constantly thinking about how can we recruit for our clinical studies, a wider variety um, of patient types, patient skincare types, um, recruiting is always tough, but, uh, you know, in our latest product that we just launched a few months ago, which is on track to become our most successful product, which is Illuminate, mm -hmm. um, our pigment product, which is breaking every record, you know, that was really important to us to say, okay, this is a condition that is more prevalent in certain skin types. So let's make sure that those skin types are represented in the clinical studies that we do. And so we, we really tried to make sure we were recruited from all different Fitzpatrick skin types that um, that we've opened, that we looked at areas of the country um, where we needed to make sure we were getting the right people into those clinical trials. Um, so, the, you know, these are some of the ways that we're kind of looking at that, but it's, we can all get better. I'll, I'll put that out there too. We're taking really positive steps, but as an industry, we can all get much better here. You, you know, I've, so I believe you and I, and I would love to echo those statements. We could all get better. And as someone who runs a, a trial site, you know, it's, it, I feel the pressure and the desire as well to try and get all, all, all patients in the door for trials, right? We need to, we need to have trials represent the society that we live in. And it's yeah. difficult. It's difficult because of so many, uh, you know, longstanding issues uh, in regards to uh, the trust uh, people have in clinical trials and the, and what's going on with the, the different ethnicities and races, uh, as well as just, you know, getting people in the door when they're busy yeah, <laughs> and the knowledge out there mm -hmm. that the clinical trial is going on. So I, uh, I, you know, I'd love to echo those statements and just say, look, you know, I appreciate what industry is doing in particular, what you, what you just said, what you're doing in terms of employment, as well as 
marketing, but also at the clinical trial sites, we need to do a better job uh, of trying to get all di different skin types through the door so, so that we can help even at the, at this basic level, you know? So Absolutely. thank yeah. you. Um, you know, I, in addition to, to that initiative, I, another huge theme in the skincare industry is sustainability. Speak to what you're doing uh, in Elast and within Elast, and I know it has to align with what Galderma is doing as well uh, yeah. in terms of sustainability initiatives. Yes, certainly. Uh, another another really complicated one, um, and this is where, you know, we're trying to balance very carefully, um, keeping science at the forefront and not becoming gimmicky. Yeah. And I think a lot of uh, companies, unfortunately, in order to be sustainable, will throw ingredients in it and that that don't have any scientific backing, right? So mm -hmm. I think first and foremost, science is what's most important to us. But that said. We are actively looking at several different areas, and, and this is where Galderma has a fantastic initiative in place that's uh, aligned with the United Nations overall goal to be to have minimal to no impact on the environment by 2030. And so as a broader company, and we're already looking at our manufacturing plant to pull them into this bigger, broader initiative is to look at ways to reduce waste. Um, first and foremost, everything we can do to actually eliminate uh, and reduce waste as much as possible. Um, to reduce gas emissions, you know, already with Elastin products, we are, we, uh, the majority of our formulations use a cold process, which significantly reduces the amount of energy ah, um, that's ah, needed. So, um, yeah. And then looking at also ways to reduce water, you know, water usage, water is such a living here in Southern California. We know that water is a, uh, a, a something that's, that we're losing very quickly. Yeah. And so um, we're working with our suppliers, with our partners to, uh, you know, make sure we're doing everything we can to look at climate, water, um, and and uh, reducing waste overall. And then as part of that, you know, we're constantly meeting with um, different components, uh, suppliers too. I think we have uh, room to improve in even just our packaging. We've already made some improvements. We just launched some of our newer products and brand new components. And that's something over the next two years, I think you'll see some um, exciting changes with our overall packaging as well as, you know, looking for ways to uh, just become better uh, overall when it comes to uh, sustainability. Yeah, gosh, it's and, a 360 yeah. view, isn't it? And so many, so many companies are facing the same. Very interesting. So we talked a couple of times about the Galderma Association, and I thought that was such an interesting uh, place for Alaskan to land. So yeah. maybe talk a little bit about that, especially with, you know, you're really a medical skincare line and Galderma's been so heavily involved in the consumer space with Cetaphil. So I'm sure there's some uh, growing pains maybe and challenges kind of bringing those two together, but obviously there are strengths as well, as you've already mentioned, you've benefited a lot from your association with them. Absolutely. Uh, I, I was just telling somebody yesterday, if if you could actually come up with your best possible acquisition situation and how it's played out, this is this is it. It has been, um, but even I mean, even post acquisition, the integration process. You know, when um, I'll start with, we talked earlier about pairing Elastin with procedures, and that's really how we got to know Galderma uh, when they were launching Kiss. You know, their mm -hmm. fantastic mm -hmm. uh, Restylane product for the lips. Mm -hmm. They wanted to use Enhance oh, um, along. So when they were launching it, we did a partnership with them. So we actually started doing partnerships back in 2018. Uh -huh. And I, I joke that we, we actually kind of had an opportunity to date Galderma before we got <laughs> married um, because we did so many partnerships together. And it really, what we found is that we had a very similar culture. Um, our sales reps got to know each other and partnered really well at the local level um, and how they decided to approach, you know, physician offices together. They started doing programs together. 
So we had already built this beautiful relationship. And then Dr. Fleming Ornskoff, the uh, global CEO of Galderma, has a, uh, you know, he's really excited and passionate about this integrated dermatology platform, mm -hmm. which is about making sure that Galderma is the leader in all things dermatology. And the way that he looks at that is, you know, there's no, there's no, you know, aesthetic only patient or acne only patient. A, a, a consumer is addressing a number of different things in their skin throughout their life cycle, throughout their journey. And that might include, you know, acne or psoriasis or medical conditions. Um, we have Cetaphil, you know, for more of the mass market and for so many different sensitive skin types. And then you move into um, the aesthetic world with the injectable portfolio with Sculptra and Restylane and Dysport. And, and then it just, the, the missing piece was a premium skincare line. We were the only piece missing. And so back in, uh, you know, 2021, he really, I think he made a decision that we need to fill out, you know, round out this exciting portfolio that we have. And, you know, if you're going to bring on a premium, you know, skincare line, it should be the one that partners best with procedures. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it was just an automatic natural pairing. Mm -hmm. um, and what, I, what I've been really thrilled about from a personal perspective, and, you know, I care so much about the Elastin employees. I wanted to make sure that they were well taken care of. And, you know, Fleming, to his credit, asked before the acquisition, he said, how do I not mess this up? He said, how do we make sure that everything you've created with Elastin we don't screw it up when we buy it because so many companies make acquisitions and, and they just take it over yeah. and they kind of throw away all that knowledge and experience. And we basically said, you know, leave us alone, um, help mm -hmm. us out, you know, give us open doors for us, help us with resources, but let us do our thing because it's working. And, uh, and he has, um, we grew 54% oh last year. I, That's amazing. I'm, I get shivers when I even That's say incredible. that. That's um, incredible. Wow. And it's because uh, our reps have really partnered with the uh, Restylane and Disport Sculpture reps. They've partnered very closely to uh, try to create a more, like I said, holistic offering um, for physicians. Mm -hmm. And that's really worked. We opened up, you know, 1,400 new accounts last year. And like I said, just tremendous growth overall. So um, what we're doing right now is working. We're also, I think this year you'll see some other exciting uh, partnerships when it comes to things like the Aspire program. Mm -hmm. You know, as of this year, the loyalty program yeah. within Galderma. Yes, that'll make yeah, sense. the Galderma yeah. loyalty program. So, as you know, effective immediately, all Elastin purchases sure. that uh, an account makes actually count towards their overall Aspire status. Perfect. We also have benefits for the patients. You know, the patients get Aspire points as well when they buy Elastin. So, and then education is the third area that we're really trying to partner with um, and take advantage of the incredible platforms that Galderma has built with GAIN, which is just an amazing education platform. So you're going to see Elastin, you know, much more integrated into that overall this year too. You know, Patty, I had the um, opportunity to hear Fleming speak once. And let me tell you, as a physician, first of all, he's unique leading this global company as a physician, which I think imbues the company with a certain credence with with the you know and the physicians that they sell to, right? That we know that it's led by a physician. But my word, it, he is so motivational, and I could see Amber just the desire to work with and for him because Absolutely. you know I, I listen to him and I say, "Gosh, I'd I'd fall off the cliff for this guy." <laughs> <laughs> you know, he tells me leader. to do something very impressive, impressive and so I, I absolutely could see yeah. his his uh, you know enthusiasm shining through as well as his ability to work with others uh, to, to yeah, lead this really organization. Listens. 
yeah. he, he really listens. You know, I, I'm very privileged to actually get to report directly to him. And so, you know, I um, treasure when I do get time with him, which is rare because he's unbelievably busy. But, um, you know, he really listens. He listens to our, our partners, our providers, to us. And uh, I just I can't say just how much I appreciate how much he he really wants to. He's just excited about the growth opportunities and what we can do. Yeah. Well, listen, we don't have much time um, and we thank you so much for your time, Amber, but you've already mentioned a little bit about skincare trends. You said periprocedural kind of integrative skincare. Beyond that, though, if you, you kind of looked into your crystal ball, um, what are you thinking in terms of, you know, two, three, four years from now, skincare trends that we need to kind of keep an eye on? Sure. No, there's there's a lot. Um, there's a lot. But again, I think, you know, it needs to be rooted in science yeah. first and foremost. Yeah. But some of the ones that we're excited about, and, and we don't, we try not to have a very big line. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things we love with Elastin is we have less than 20 products, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. we, we've tried to stay very focused and only launch products that we feel there's a real need for and that we can do it differently, right? We're not going to launch something unless it's really differentiated. But I think some areas that excite me um, are uh, maybe this is a, maybe a little too personal, but, you know, I think um, there's a real need for skincare focused on, on menopausal um, women, just hormone based, you know, issues. And I think our pigment product uh, definitely considers that as well. But I think that's going to be an interesting trend mm -hmm. over the next few years is sort of menopausal skincare. Um, there is absolutely a lot of interest and excitement, uh, like I said, around procedures, um, but there's interest and excitement around regenerative. And you've already mentioned that with exosomes, everybody, there's so many companies getting into the regeneration space. The problem though today is that it's very unpredictable. Um, so consistency, uh, lack of predictability, that's what's made us a little bit nervous and hesitant. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Alan is determined to crack the code. <laughs> and if anybody can, I was gonna say, gonna and he just may do that. Yeah. And, and he's, you know, he's, really into it because we all see the benefits, yeah. you know, of, of that, you know, opportunity. But I think his, in his perfect world, there would actually be a synthetic version of an exosome mm -hmm. that you can 100% control and, and make sure yeah. that you're getting, because right now, right now, the clinical data that's out there with the exosome products is just not, it's not consistent. And I think that's what we want to see. If we're going to put something on the market, we want our providers to know exactly what they're going to get and to have that predictability. Love that. Yeah, that's Love impressive. It. Well, look, we're going to go ahead and wrap. But Amber, this has been so enlightening. We're so grateful and honored that you came on with us. And we hope everybody's enjoyed this as much as we have. And we'll see everybody for the next episode of Skincare Confidential.